Thanks, Tash. Thank you all. Um, so this morning I said to Tasha, oh, by the way, uh, I'm just going to completely change what I'm talking about today. So she retaliated with, oh, by the way, you can talk two hours earlier than you thought. Yeah. So touche. Um, <laughs> So um, uh, seven growth lessons from Silicon Valley uh, and why they don't call it growth hacking. Um, my name's Andy. This is my Twitter handle. If you'd like to direct any abuse there rather than in person, it's a lot easier to ignore. So thank you for that. Um, so this is me. Um, I've done some stuff, but uh, nobody cares. Never mind. Moving on. So what is this about growth anyways? What do we mean by growth? Typically, growing our active customer or user base, but ultimately, whatever drives value in our business. Not necessarily growing our revenue, early stage in particular. It may be uh, something else we need to focus on. But growing whatever's strategically important to us right now. So what the hell is this growth hacking thing? Quick Google search. Uh, what's this say? The uh, six best growth hacks get customers without having to pay. An epic list of 100 growth hacks for startups. 100 mastery growth hacks learned from, no, none of that. That's not what I want to talk about. Let's talk about something real. So Facebook, Airbnb, Twitter, LinkedIn, Dropbox, etc. all of these well-known brands that have become incredibly big and successful, like growth hacking, technical marketing, call it what you want. Teams at these high growth companies are scaling to millions of users without major use of traditional mass advertising or marketing techniques. So to dive into that a little bit, some of the classic examples very quickly that some of us or many of us may already be familiar with, engineering-driven growth. You've heard that story about her Airbnb in the early days, built that tool where you could create your listing on Airbnb, and they built a tool that made it super easy. They would send their uh, customers an email to say, hey, just click this link, click this button, and we'll cross-post your listing onto Craigslist. And in doing so, got a lot of extra exposure from Craigslist audience that they could draw into their platform. Product-driven growth. Uh, Dropbox is famous for succeeding with a referral scheme. Viral growth, that classic story from decades back where Hotmail put, P.S. I love you. Get your free email at Hotmail in the footer of every email sent. Um, common things amongst these. Now, one thing that I note is that all of these are examples of how we can market to people and reach a new audience through the usage of our existing customers. So every time our existing customer uses our product or service, purely by using it or by activating them to do something, we can use that usage to build awareness and bring new fresh customers in. But in essence, there's two common themes that these companies are achieving scale. One, the modern data-driven online marketing channels, and it's very easy to take for granted now. Uh, for um, granted now, but we think about like Facebook marketing, AdWords, all of these direct marketing channels where we have all of the data trackable and the, the numbers um, that we can measure what's working, what isn't. But secondly, some of these examples I've been showing where growth channels are embedded directly within the products. I really like this quote from uh, Casey Winters, formerly Pinterest, uh, now at Eventbrite. He says, "The best startups grow super fast." Not because of traditional marketing or online marketing, but because they tune the product to drive growth. So thinking the takeaway from this, there's this idea about how we can grow through the intersection of product, marketing, and engineering. So just opposed against the, perhaps the traditional way where marketing, sales, engineering product were often siloed organizations. There's this real trend of success by getting cross-functional teams where 
our marketers are working hand in hand with engineers, product people, salespeople in these cross-functional teams to work together to say, how can we solve our common problems of identifying our audiences, reaching new customers, and bringing them successfully down our funnels um, by these things that we can do as a group. And when we do that, there's a bunch of things we can do. The classic things in the growth toolbox, everything, you know, SEO, content marketing, performance marketing, conversion optimization, etc. All this good stuff at our um, disposal. But a key thing and a reaction to against, you know, this horrific term of growth hacking, hacking, growth is not a silver bullet, right? We're not looking for that one thing that's going to dramatically, you know, we do this quick little hack and it's just going to make or break our company. There are loads of great tips and hacks out there. Um, 500 startups who I used to work with, they have a, a distro stack, a snack newsletter that you can subscribe to uh, and check it out. But following all these cool tips will not itself bring success. All these little tips like launch on a Tuesday, right? Great tip. You know, trying to find the, the best time of the week where you know, there's a slow news day, but no company made it because they launched on a Tuesday, right? So what will make a big difference? Things with big impact, thinking about top of the funnel, how to reach huge new audiences in a cost-effective way. And then in the middle of the funnel, attracting and drawing people deeper into engaging with ourselves. And then bottom of the funnel, whether people, it's all about conversion, getting closer to the money, to that purchase event. Um, so some growth truths as we think about how to grow. Growth marketing is really all about finding growth that is measurable, predictable, repeatable, and scalable. And two key things, a lot of it is about having the right mindset and following the appropriate process in order to figure out how we can grow. So to dive into these things, seven growth lessons that I picked up working with uh, folks in the Valley through 500 startups, um, uh, Quantcast, uh, Facebook, etc. So to run through these quickly, step one, nail down your value proposition and messaging. And to that aim, when I was working at 500, we put together this 10,000-foot view exercise, which you can access. I'll share the slides later. There's a bit.ly link. Essentially, it's before we go out there, let's just step back and say, have we got our basics covered? You know, what's our product or service for which target market? Why do our customers love us? Do we really understand that? So then we can take that and go out and make use of that in our messaging. Why do they choose us over the competition? You know, et cetera. What's our primary way to get new customers? Do we understand where our best customers are coming from? All these sorts of things. So uh, as I said, there's a worksheet that uh, I recommend you spend 15 minutes to work through as a useful zoom out exercise. Number two, make sure we've got product market fit before we try and grow. And the key principle here is you cannot polish a turd. There's no point going out investing lots in marketing and sales until we know that everything's running in the right direction. At 500, we divided it up this way. So in early stage, the goal is product market fit. The metric is engagement. Our primary data is qualitative. We're getting feedback from individual customers. Is it resonating or not? And our growth strategy is hustle. We're not trying to run big, scalable marketing campaigns. We're trying to reach a cross-section of people who we can really understand as they come down our funnels what's working and what isn't. You know, we're doing non-scalable things to get out there. Once we reach product market fit and we go to the growth stage, the goal becomes this scalable, repeatable, predictable growth. The metric is our growth rate. How fast are we growing? Our primary data becomes quantitative. It's all the metrics. And our strategy is to build a growth machine. 
What I mean by a machine, it's like this the system where all of our campaigns are operating automatically, like the flywheel is spinning, and we can step back, uh, zoom out with our current growth working nicely, and think more strategically about what's going to be next. Number three, building a model to understand your business. Uh, I know you all love spreadsheets, so you'll be with me on this. Um, the key thing here is like we need to know what we're doing. Again, I've got an example with a bit.ly link to a template spreadsheet that you can fill out. This is a potential I can do as a little workshop if anyone's interested later or another time potentially. The basic idea is it's not an operational dashboard. It's the metrics closely related to growth. So at the top, we have to get our top-level KPI, add our nuance, add our drivers, and ultimately work out our entire funnel. So again, there's the bit.ly link there. Number four, so once we've got that model, the next step in the process is to identify our levers for growth and prioritize our backlog of ideas. So by levers, these are the things we can push to get growth. And I don't mean anything more complex than like figuring out, okay, are we gonna run new top of funnel campaigns? Are we gonna explore different channels? Are we gonna work on our landing page conversion rates, on our funnel conversion? All of the things that we think about in the marketing and acquisition funnel. But the key thing of this process is because we've built this model now, we make sure we've got this clear view of how each step is performing so that we can identify like which metrics we want to focus on and prioritize effectively. Um, this phrase, the one metric that matters, uh, can be a really useful concept to avoid making a mistake that I made far too many times running my startup way back of pushing in all directions at once. Because I'm sure we all know there's so many things that we could be working on. The one metric that matters can be a great concept for saying, right, this month or this week, we're going to focus in on this. It's like we're going to explore which of these three new channels is the most promising. Or we're going to focus in on nailing our messaging and see how can that affect the conversion rate or our click-through rates, whatever it may be, and get everyone pushing in the same direction. Prioritizing the ICE framework is a great, uh, simple approach to working out what we should be doing. Uh, impact, chance of success, and expected effort in terms of time or resources. Take all our ideas very quickly, broad brushstrokes, rate them on these scales, and it's a bit of an art, not necessarily a science. Use those just to figure out, are we working on the optimal set of things that we should be working on right now? Number five. And this really is a core to the growth marketing um, mindset and process, is to drive growth through experimentation and learnings. This is about the measurement uh, and understanding what works and what doesn't. Quote from Eric Ries of Lean Startup fame, like, learning is the essential unit of progress for startups. Already been referenced this morning, we're typically under pressure to like, increase those uh, sales numbers or growth numbers, whatever it is. But we should remember to zoom out and hopefully do what we can to bring the rest of the teams around us on board with the fact that in startups, the single most important thing every week is are we making progress at learning what is working for our customers versus what isn't, which I think applies across everything, marketing, funnels, product development, etc. A tip I really enjoy for this is to make predictions in advance. Now, I'm somebody who is you know, equally guilty of being able to just throw stuff out there, see what sticks, and you're like, uh-huh, okay, that worked, that didn't, that's interesting, moving on. Whereas if I uh, found that I s forced myself to step back and predict what was going to work, 
you know, if I ran this campaign, how many people would it reach? What would the click-through rate be? How many people would convert versus bounce on the landing page? And just like, it's really fun to go around a room and play a little game where everyone has to write down the numbers blind, and then you keep a record, then you launch the campaign and see what's going to happen. And, and then I found by doing that, when you get the actual results come in, the learnings are really reinforced, and you can really uh, pick up on the fact that something works. You know, were you good with your predictions? Because, little secret, none of us are that great. But learning where the differences between our expectations and reality are can really help train us to maybe improve over time. Um, I found that very helpful. Uh, so number six, it's a mindset. The key things here, the world is constantly changing. You may have seen these charts about how the channel of um, efficiency and effectiveness changed dramatically over time from when a new channel emerges, no one's using it, so then it becomes very effective and then over time becomes saturated. That's what takes us onto us experimentation and learnings. We want to build this machine so we've got that flywheel running that we can just uh, keep optimizing and move on to the next thing rather than being constantly panicking for how we can uh, hit our numbers this week. And then there's curiosity and focus on helping the customer achieve their goals, not just the messages that we want to shove down their throats. So finally, maintaining discipline with a weekly growth meeting. Again, something I've found incredibly effective with many teams I've worked with. Once a week, zoom out, simple agenda, review our KPIs, what did we learn last week, and what experiments are we running this week. Key thing, no work happens during the meeting. Everything should be done up front, it should be a very short, effective, efficient meeting, uh, and then we set ourselves the homework for diving into the, the questions that come up. Bonus number eight, uh, talk to your users. Easy to say, hard to do. We all probably agree it's a good thing. We all probably don't do it enough. I found this usability testing uh, script from Steve Krug um, uh, really cool. So there's a little link there that may be helpful for you. So I hope that was some useful value in a bit of a whistle-stop tour through seven growth lessons I picked up along the way. Um, there's some further reading, uh, two books I really enjoy, Growth Hacker Marketing. Uh, I thought the guy was a bit of an idiot, but then I read the book. It's actually pretty good, so fair enough. And Traction, uh, there's two books called Traction. One's about like business processes. I don't mean that one. This one uh, is amazing. It has like 15, 17 chapters each about how to hustle a different marketing channel. Time's up. Thank you very much to people to follow, further references, and thank you. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>